Come on in, have a seat, welcome. Just really excited to see everybody here this morning. It's kind of nice to, you know, just have one service. You know, you get to meet people that uh, you didn't think went to our church, you know, because they go to the early service, the late service. So, you know, all these people here, they're, they come to church here, so it's good. Good to have everyone. If you're a visitor with us today, I just hope you know you're welcome. Um, we're just really blessed to have you. I always see so many new faces, and I try to get around and meet them all, but I, I don't always get that done. And um, if, uh, if you need anything, all of us pastors' uh, phone numbers are on the back of this bulletin that's out there. And if you just need something during the week, don't hesitate to call us or text us, and we'll, we'll do our best to help you. And um, if we can't help you, we sure will do our best to walk with you or love you through that time and pray for you. Anything that we can do, we just want to be a blessing to you and hope that you feel welcome with us today. Um, it's going to be a good day, worshiping the Lord. Uh, Sarah has some things for us, so. Hello. Okay, so I'm announcing that this will be the last week I'll be out in the hallway for sign up for the Move for Mobility. If you guys missed what that was, it's a 5K fundraiser that we're doing June 4th together as a church, hopefully, all of you. Um, and it's to uh, help with the free wheelchair mission. Free wheelchair mission is where we raise money for um, people in third world countries that wouldn't normally get a chair. And with the free wheelchair mission, they have um, they raise money like to get a container of 500 chairs and they ship it over to a country that they've I don't know like Sudan. Let's say they've been, I believe they've been in Sudan. I might want to check. I know they've been in Somalia. We'll go with that one. Somalia, and then they, uh, when they give out the chairs, they present the gospel as well. So they're hearing the gospel, they're getting their um, physical needs met as well as their spiritual needs met. So it's a really cool ministry. Um, so if you sign up, you get this t shirt. It's blue this year, okay? Last year it was like a neon green. So it looked like a band of highlighters running down the road, you know. This year it's a little toned down. So I, I'm liking this year's a little bit better. So everybody who signs up gets a t-shirt. It's free to sign up. They just ask that if you can donate, donate. And the last thing is um, our trophy. We challenged Idaho to participate. And I put up a um, competition, name that trophy. So the name has been picked. Uh, it is Cowboy Fred the Potato Head. <laughs> it's going to be passed back and forth every year. Hopefully it stays in Wyoming, because we want Wyoming to win, obviously. It was a, the close second was Johnny Hash Brown, which I really love that one too. But it's officially Cowboy Fred the Potato Head. So... Again, sign up. Today's the last day. Thanks. Yeah, it's good that we can have like, fun raising money for these wheelchairs, but there's nothing fun about it. I was in uh, DR Congo seeing the little girl wheeling down the, the street in the, the wheelchair that came from the mission like this, if not this mission, and she had her legs blown off because she was playing in a field where there was landmines. And uh, pretty incredible when you see the, the difference. Because I've also seen in DR Congo the, the guy with no legs hoisting himself along, moving his bucket of water 
two pushes, dragging his legs, move his buck of water, and the, the well is like a mile away. Uh, we, we gave him a ride, but man, every day he had to do that. So pretty cool to see that. I hope you guys will just get behind that. And if you can't be part of the fundraiser, just donate some money. I mean, it's a hundred bucks. You can make one of these wheelchairs and uh, it makes a difference. And uh, the best difference is, is we share the gospel when we take those wheelchairs. So these people can know Jesus and, and they can walk one day and not need a wheelchair. Um, today we're kicking off our missions conference. That's why we didn't have uh, early service. Um, we just wanted to have one service. And the reason we wanted to have one service was we wanted us to, uh, the, the theme is more than able. And uh, we want to be together while we find out what God has for us. Uh, Marty Rostad is with us today, him and his wife over here. And they, they, uh, they, they're, they're missionaries to Wyoming, right here in Wyoming. And uh, well, like us, we're missionaries to Wyoming. We're missionaries to this city and uh, they're, they're going to share with us just what that means and what that looks like. And hopefully we'll walk away with seeing what that means for us as a church. And we need to be, we just need to be united and together and, and feel the purpose of the church right here in Casper, the purpose of the church, the purpose of us. God has this great plan for us to evangelize this city. We've been doing it and we are doing it. And we're going to keep doing it. And we're going to do it better. And we're going to do it more. And we're going to do it, do it, do it till Jesus comes back. That's what we're going to do right here in Casper. And so just pray and, and try to attend. It's going to be tonight, 6 o'clock, tomorrow at 6 o'clock, Tuesday at 6 o'clock. And just, just to bend your schedule around and show up to see what God has for us so that we can just be better together to see what God's going to do because he, he's going to do it. He is doing it. So carve out some time and be part of that. Um, after this service, let's eat. Go across the hall, even if you didn't bring anything, just come eat. Let's eat and uh, fellowship together and encourage one another, and let's, let's uh, just have a time for that. Um, obviously, um, we want to provide nursery for the next two nights, but we don't have anybody to work in nursery, so um, we need some people to volunteer for nursery for the next uh, two nights, um, and we'll just tell you what Marty said. So anyway, thanks for, for doing that. <laughs> um, lastly, uh, Karen Smith where are you, Karen? There you are. Hi, Karen. Karen is over here, and she's been over here for, man, I was here 19 years ago, and she was here at least 30 years before that, so I think she's been with us about 142 years. She's been our church secretary, and she's retiring, and yeah, right. <laughs> she deserves that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Karen has been facilitating and underwriting most everything. Everybody knows. Just talk to Karen, and you can figure it out. So um, thanks, Karen. And we're going to have a party in a couple of Saturdays from now on May 14th at 2 o'clock here. And I just hope you'll come and uh, celebrate with Karen uh, her new walk into retirement and what that means, and uh, just uh, be thankful for her. It's really great to see everybody today. Let's stand up and worship the Lord. God, thank you so much that you brought us out today here, Lord. We don't let us minimize, Lord, that it's you that brought us to this place, Lord. We didn't come here on our own. Or we might think we did, or we might think that somehow we, we found our own way here. We didn't, God. It was you that pursued us. It was you that sought after us, Lord. And even if you're here today in the most uncommon or extraordinary way, it was God that brought you here. And I pray that, pray that we'll just stop and realize that. And realize that you have something to say to us today, and Lord, that we'll, we'll hear your voice. So let us put away our thoughts and put away the, the things that distract us and even the legitimate concerns and worries on our mind that came with us today. Pray that we'll set them aside at your feet, God, and let you speak to us, Lord, and that we will worship you and hear your voice and respond. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Let's read together as a body out of the book of Psalms this morning. 
Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. That's what we're going to be about at this mission conference is telling his glory among all the nations. Let's sing this morning. Take all our sins away. 
and tell someone else about it this morning. This is a new song for us last week, so just dive in and we'll sing it together again this morning. Golden censer, 
and much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. You're up, brother. Come on up. Quiero, I would like to introduce you uh, Jorge Orozco. He's one of our friends and one of our men from our Hispanic ministry that we started this January. Um, it's a real privilege to have him here with us this morning. Like to give her a testimony. He comes from the country of Guatemala, and uh, I might just say, because we went out on Sunday afternoon, we ran into Jorge here. We had about thirty some people from our church going door to door. Amen. Uh, muy buenos días a todos. Quiero contarles lo que Dios ha hecho en mi vida. Y gracias a esta iglesia que nos ha abierto las puertas. Que ya somos dos familias hispanas que estamos en este lugar para la gloria de Dios. 
God's glory has made it so at least we have two families that are Hispanic here at our church today. Quiero contarles las enfermedades que el diablo había puesto en mi mente anteriormente. Satan had deceived me and, and made my mind sick with different things. I'd like to share some of those things, how God changed that. Antes de conocer a Cristo, yo era un miserable sin temor a nada. Uh, before I came to Christ, I was a miserable person. I had no fear of anything in my life. Cuando conocí a mi esposa hace 16 años, 16 years ago, when I met my wife, yo estuve a punto de de hacerle daño a una persona porque se acercaba mucho a mi esposa a, plati a mi novia en ese tiempo a platicarle I was uh, a boyfriend to my now wife but there was another man that was trying to get too close to my girlfriend and I was going to hurt that guy cuando iba para ese lugar donde estaba la persona, when I grabbed a pair of scissors and went after this guy, estaba yo escuchando una alabanza de Dios. I also had some Christian music going for some reason. Y pude ver y escuchar que había un plan para mi vida. And I heard In the words of that song, God had a plan for my life. Cuando yo iba a hacerle daño a la persona, me dieron ganas de ir al baño. As soon as I went after this guy, I was going to maybe even kill him. I had a strong desire to go to the restroom. Y cuando llegué al baño... Pude escuchar una voz que me decía que yo era el mejor hombre que estaba sobre esta tierra. He uh, went to the bathroom and uh, he heard God's voice speaking to him, telling him that um, God uh, had created man in his image. Uh, there was no better man than... En el libro de Génesis, capítulo 1, versículo 26 y 27... God showed him a verse in Genesis 1:26 that says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Y pude agarrar un valor que Dios tenía un plan para mi vida. I understood that God had a plan for my life. You want to read it? Spanish. Yeah, I read it. En el libro de Génesis 1:26 dice, Entonces dijo Dios, hagamos al hombre a nuestra imagen, conforme a nuestra semejanza, y señoré en los peces, en el mar, y en las aves de los cielos, y en las bestias, y en toda la tierra, 
y en todo animal que se arrastre sobre la tierra. Yep, that's Genesis 1.26. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Go ahead. Y pude sentir ese valor que yo pudiera señorear sobre mi hogar a través de Dios. God was telling me that I too could uh, have a family and I could be over that family. Y desde entonces le comenté a mi esposa que había escuchado algo de parte de Dios. He told his future wife, I've heard from God. I, God actually spoke to me. Un poco después de tiempo, later on, acepté a Cristo en mi corazón. I received Christ into my life, into my heart. A través de los ejemplos que mi esposa me daba. And uh, my, my girlfriend, my wife now, uh, she, she showed me a lot of scripture and led me towards Christ. Cuando acepté a Cristo, yo creí que era nomás aceptar y caminar sin tener cambios en la vida. At first, when I came to Christ, I thought, well, I could just live as I always do. I can receive Christ, but continue in sin. Y empecé a leer la Biblia, la palabra de Dios. But I started reading the word of God. Siempre teníamos dificultades para vivir con mi familia. I always had problems living with uh, my family. Y en una ocasión, en el libro Segunda de Corintios 5, 10, 15 al 20, pero uh, el enfoque es en el 17. In uh, 2 Corinthians 5, he wants to share some scripture there. Dice la palabra de Dios, y por todos murió para los que viven, ya no vivan para sí, sino para aquel que murió y resucitó por aquellos de manera que nosotros de aquí en adelante a nadie conocemos según la carne y aún si Cristo conocemos según la carne ya no conocemos así. Versículo 5.17 dice, de modo que si alguno está en Cristo nueva criatura es, las cosas viejas pasaron, he aquí todas son hechas nuevas. In 2 Corinthians 5:15, he started. He says, "He died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died and rose again on their behalf." And then, verse 17: "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away, and behold, new things have come." Y traté de hacer mi vida nueva en Cristo Jesús, borrando mi pasado. Me bauticé. I got y el enemigo no me dejaba en paz. Empecé con el problema de, de la economía. I, I started with the problem of um, economy, money. Estaba yendo a la iglesia 
veía actos en la iglesia de diezmo y ofrenda, pero el diablo me decía que para qué daba yo dinero si eran para las personas que no le daban buen uso. Um, the enemy was telling him, I go to church, he said, I go to church, but there's no peace. I give money, but sometimes I don't think it's going to the right place. Y como estaba leyendo la palabra de Dios, me encontré con Malaquías 3:10. And as he read through scripture, he finally came to Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 that says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this says the Lord of hosts if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows es una preciosa palabra de Dios donde dice Malaquías 3.10 dice Trae todos los diezmos al, al folí y hay alimento en mi casa y probadme ahora en esto, dice Jehová de los ejércitos, si no, abriré las ventanas de los cielos y derramaré sobre vosotros bendición hasta que sobreabunde. He read chapter 3 uh, verse 10, the same one that I read, so he can go ahead. Con estos tres versículos de Génesis 1.26, con este versículo de Segunda de Corintios 5.17, con este versículo de Malaquías 3.10. With these three passages that I've read in Genesis and Second Corinthians 5 and now Malachi 3. Empecé a poner en práctica lo que Dios quería conmigo. I started to put into practice some of the things that God was teaching me in his word. Y he visto la gloria de Dios. I have seen God's glory through this. Con mi familia. In my family. Con una propiedad, una casa por 24 mil dólares. God gave me a house here in Casper, $24,000. Y me dio un trabajo en casa. He gave me work to do right there in his house. Les invito a que leamos la palabra de Dios y poder seguir creciendo en el Evangelio. I would like to tell you that we need to be in God's word and growing in him through his word. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I praise God for Jorge and all of us that are one in Christ. It's a blessing to have these families with us. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing again this morning. Oh, what a foretaste of glory. 
This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. It's great to hear Jorge's story this morning and the song that he'd heard and the way that God worked in his life. Let me read again this morning. Let's read together. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that's why we're here this morning, to proclaim his praises. Rage we can endure, for Lord. 
There we go. First, the children go to Super Church, but Super Church is all the way at the end of the hallway this time and on the left since we got cha- tables and chairs up there. But uh, come on up here, Marty Rostad. By the way, good, good morning, everybody. Glad you're here. It's a, it's a blessed time to be a part of God's kingdom and to be a part of College Heights. Uh, what a blessing it is to hear Jorge's testimony. Amen. Jorge and Flory are some of the newest members of College Heights, and we are blessed to have them. And thankful for them. And uh, we're blessed to have Marty Rostad here. Um, <clears throat> Marty, you know, he said, are you going to introduce me? And I said, well, I'm going to try. Um, I don't know exactly what to say about Marty. Less is uh, better. Less is better. I know. <laughs> I know. I will say this. This is his wife sitting right down here, Nancy. We're glad to have Nancy and thankful for them. I, I don't know how long I've known Marty, but I've known him for our some years now and uh, consider him a dear friend and brother and uh, quite an encouragement to me if you want to know the truth. Um, he's one of the guys that I pray for a lot and we text back and forth on Sunday morning to say we're praying for each other. And um, I'll say this about Marty. I don't know many men that I feel like loves Christ more and loves people more. And you'll, you'll hear that from him. 
the depth of love that he has for our Savior, the depth of love that he has for people. He's a, a church planter by God's grace and power, uh, has been used by God to start a church in Claremont, Wyoming, and Torrington, Wyoming. Uh, he just resigned as pastor from planting a church in uh, um, Fort Laramie, Wyoming. And some of you go, I don't even know where Claremont is, and maybe you know Fort <laughs> Laramie if you ever go toward Nebraska. But uh, God has used him in powerful ways uh, in small places to show what God can do. Uh, and I don't want to say too much. He's already probably going to be mad at me. But there were times when he was pastoring in Claremont where they had more people in church than they had in the town. Amen. And uh, that's a pretty impressive thing to say. So I, my prayer for us as a church during our missions conference is to really hear from God. You know, the theme is more than able. And God has done many amazing things in our lives individually and in this church. Amazing things. Testimonies that we could go on hour after hour about what he's done. But we need to be renewed. Not just in, not just in our personal lives. We need to be renewed in the possibilities of Christ. Right. We need to be encouraged in how God wants to work in us and how God can work in us. We need to be renewed in the challenge of stepping out by faith and following a living God who is more than able to do more than we could ask or imagine. And so I want you to pray with us and with Marty that God will do an amazing work through us. So let me pray, if that's okay, brother. Uh, Lord, thank you for letting us be here today. Uh, we have heard already of your greatness and your glory as we've sung to you. We have heard from Jorge and his testimony of how you, you kept him a heart and how you gave him life in Christ Jesus and how you blessed him. And, and Lord, it's true of all of us who know you. We have that testimony of your transformation in our lives. But Father, I pray you'd renew us as a church together, brothers and sisters walking side by side, arm in arm, Lord, for your glory. There's so many people that need to hear about Christ, and you've called us to go. There's so many people that need encouragement, and you've called us, Lord, to walk with them and minister to them. There's so many things, Lord God, that you want to do through us so that your name will be glorified in Casper and to the ends of the earth. And so I pray that you do that work to encourage us, Lord, to build us up, that we may, might be about your business. And I pray for my brother and my friend, Marty, that you would use him during this missions conference in ways that I couldn't even imagine, and bless him with joy. And thank you for in all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. That sounds impressive that uh, there's more people came to church than in the town until you realize Claremont's 115 people. And so we laugh about that. And that is my wife. Uh, I hope you get to meet her over the next few days. She's amazing. She's a big part of this. Had a conversation last week with another lady, and I told her that... Uh, that uh, she's, Nancy's the reason I get out of bed in the morning, and Nancy informed her, and it takes both feet. So, <laughs> you yeah, know, we get into that. We, I'm originally from Montana. God called us into the ministry about 20 years ago when we were managing Elk Mountain Ranch. I was, um, I was really blessed with a wonderful dad in Montana, and I know some people haven't been, but, but, but I was. Uh, in fact, I was blessed with one of those dads that liked to explore, liked to go to the mountains, liked to hunt. Uh, we went to old mines, we went to old ghost towns, we went to caves. 
that was my dad. And anytime we had time, we were gone. Had an old Rambler station wagon, and, and he loved sleeping out under the stars, and we'd sleep in the station wagon unless it, unless it, you know, if it rained. But uh, what a treat he was. And about a year before I got my driver's license, um, I found an old Willie's Jeep in a junkyard, kind of rust brown, broken windshield. Uh, it just was a mess. It wasn't running. And so I got it, and I was able to get it running. And all of a sudden, we could go to the mountains with Dad, and we could go further, deeper, and steeper. That Jeep was a game changer for us, you know? And then I uh, got my driver's license, didn't need to gad go to the mountains anymore. That was a game changer. And then uh, uh, all of a sudden, one of my friends that we went to the mountains with got a tent. That was a game changer. We all have game changers in our lives. We really do, whether it be your, your driver's license, moving out of your house for the first time, getting a full-time job, getting married, having children. Those are all game changers. Uh, in fact, when Apple introduced the iPod, uh, the way we consumed and purchased music, that was a game changer. It really was. And if you look up a game changer in the dictionary, it says a newly introduced element that changes an existing situation. Now, the reason we're going to talk about that is the same thing we heard with Hore. This is one of my favorite topics when it comes to Jesus Christ because he's such a game changer. Luke 6, 6 through 12. This will be the New King James. And I'm hoping you're here the next few days. I'm, we're going to be sharing a lot of stories. And we never want to steal the glory from God because really everything we're going to be sharing here today and in the next few days is what Jesus Christ has done in our lives and through us. And we don't ever want to steal the glory from that. Luke 6, Luke 6, 6 through 12. Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and talked. A man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find accusations against him. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. He arose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? to save life or to destroy. And when he looked around at all of them, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he did so. His hand was restored as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Now I know with Mike, you guys know who the, the Pharisees and the scribes are. Uh, they were kind of the rule keepers of the day, and they liked everybody to keep the rules. And the synagogues and, and the Sabbath was their turf. Now, Jesus is on their turf. Not only that, he's breaking the rules. And, and uh, you know, we talk about that, and we, we laugh about them having the rules and not liking them broken. We all like rules, and we all develop our own rules because rules make us feel safe. Rules give us boundaries. When uh, we were raising our children... We had three girls to start with, and then we had a son, and that was kind of a game changer. So we needed to know more about how to raise a son. So Dame Dobson was very popular, if you're familiar with him, 100 years ago, and maybe he's still out, I don't know. But he wrote a book called Bringing Up Boys. And in that book, he talked about the importance of boundaries and how they do feel is safe. And the illustration he gave was they, uh, 
they took a preschool, and the preschool was in, had a fenced yard, and in the middle were all the toys and all the, the slides and everything. And when the kids were out there, they were all over the place. They were on the fence, they were in the yard, they were playing on the toys. So one evening they came and they took the fence down. And the next day they filmed what the kids do. Guess what they did? They all ended up in the middle playing around the toys because their boundary was gone. They no longer felt safe. Well, Jesus just took down the scribes and Pharisees' fence. They don't feel safe anymore, you know. This was all new to them. Uh, You know, we've been blessed with being involved in some new church works, and we talk about that, but we're really not church planners. Churches happen as people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you get together and worship, and you, and you have a church, a body of Christ. But the fun thing about that, and we've got to experience a lot of this, because really you do lead, get to lead a lot of people to the Lord and a lot of new believers. They don't have rules, because nobody told them the rules yet. And so when you have a service and something new is happening, they don't come up and say, we've never done that before, because there's no, there's never that before. They're new believers. They don't have the rules yet, you know. But it said the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely. Anytime that the rule changer comes in or something changes, it gets people's attention. It, it really does. And, uh, and it had everybody's attention. When we first moved to Torrington, this was 11 years ago, we started Lifeway Church. Um, but when we moved to Torrington, we didn't know a single person. We didn't know anybody. And, the, and at that time, the prison was just getting started. Uh, and one of the one of the people we ran to said, "Are you going to volunteer at the prison?" Uh, and I thought to myself, "Not happening. Not going to be in the prison. Not interested." God smiled. I volunteered two and a half years in there. Yeah, yeah. It was a good experience. I mean, I if you've never been in a prison, it's a it's an experience. Um, but what we ended up running about in a prison that you can't. When we went in. There was a Christian guy that was heading the, the, the warden was a Christian guy and headed the thing up. Gave us a lot of freedom as a volunteer in there. We could go any place. We could go in the pods. We could go in the yard. Eventually, some of the uh, volunteers got in trouble. They, they, there was some fights broke out, and they tried to break them up. Well, when a fight breaks out in the prison, they don't come and say, will you please stop? I mean, they shut the whole prison down and come and stop the fight. But, uh, so they can't do that anymore. But when I was there, you could. And we could go into a lot of pods. And and so with that ability, we were able to reach and get a lot of guys coming to church, and we had about 40. And one of the guys that showed up was what you would call a shock caller in the prison. He was bad news. Kind of whatever he said happened in the prison. And he started coming to worship service. He was a jerk. I mean, he was a jerk, and you could tell he made people around him uncomfortable. He was a jerk. And, and a lot of times, guys will come to your service to get their name on the list, they call it riding the Bible out. And uh, so he started coming, and, and, I, and he was a jerk. He was a jerk to me. He was a jerk to everybody. Well, after about six weeks, that little bugger got saved. And, uh, and I, yeah, I thought, I'll see how this turns out. So I, wanted, I, didn't, I just wanted to watch. Well, um, within about six weeks, eight weeks later, these other inmates were saying, that guy has really changed. They started seeing the difference. They started noticing the difference. And, and I did too, man. Pretty soon he was starting to sing and he was in the service and he was polite. And it was amazing to watch. That's what happens when the game changer comes in and Jesus comes in and changes life. Like with Lord, 
It gets people's attention. I, w- I want to chase a rabbit. I want to finish that story because it's fun. Uh, so I th- they have a portable, portable baptistry in the prison. You roll it out, and it's kind of like a chair that sits in little tubs so the pastor doesn't have to get wet. But you, you wheel it out, and uh, I asked him, I said, you want to be baptized? He said, I do, so I explained what it was. And, and the day we baptized him, one of the inmates go, his dad's going to be here today. I go, how does that work? That guy's dad had got a life sentence when he was five years old. He didn't meet his dad until he came to prison. Yeah, he needed a game changer, and he got one. Eventually, he ended up, uh, he never got out of prison at that point, but he ended up uh, going into the honor farm because of the way he was acting. That much change happened in his life. Verse 7. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath. Well, you know, that was breaking the rules. And this isn't the first time Jesus is breaking the rules. Uh, this, isn't, this isn't. Look at Luke 6.1. It said, on the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain field. And his disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands and eating the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, why do you do what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Luke 5.30. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus, you're breaking the rules, and the rules are changing. The, the, the religious group, they are no longer in control. And there was no way, that they, their whole plan was to stop this, but they couldn't do it. That's the exciting thing about Jesus being a rule breaker. When he decides to break the rules, when he decides to change the game, Nobody can stop him. They couldn't, and it was frustrating them, but, but they, they, they couldn't stop him. And you know what that means? That means there's hope. Nancy and I had the privilege. We had a, a friends. They were superintendents in Heidelberg, uh, up in Alaska. It's, one, it's, on one, it's on Prince of Wales Island on the Inland Channel. And uh, they, live in a, they were living in an Indian community called Heidelberg, about 300. And uh, there was no gas station there. There was nothing touristy about it. We had the privilege of going and spending some time there with them. And, uh, and it came about. I got to preach at a little church that was there. And uh, this is one of my favorite topics. I didn't preach this sermon by any means. But I used the term in that sermon that Jesus was a raker. Now, I want to tell you... Uh, when that happened, after the service, a guy came up to me, an, an Indian, and uh, the Haida Indians, he came up, and an older guy, he said, these young guys and these young people didn't need to hear that Jesus was a rule breaker. They break enough rules, you know? And, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I, my response was, this is exactly what they needed to hear. You know, in Heidelberg, the, per, the income per capita is 50% lower than Alaska's normal. And their unemployment rate's 179% higher than the national average. And their poverty rate is 64% higher than the national average. And the drug and alcohol use there is over the top. The suicide rate is high. Nancy and I joked about it. We think if to live in Heidelberg, you needed a, a, a pit bull or a Rottweiler on a big chain. I'm telling you, it's the kind of place it was. They needed to hear that there, there's hope that things can change. They needed to hear that Jesus Christ, that's what he does. That guy wanted to control them with the rules. There's no hope in that. Verse 8. But he knew their thoughts. 
And he said to the man with the withered hand, Arise and stand here. He had rose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? You know what Jesus has just said to him here? That one is more important than the 99. That's what he said here. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. And, and it's real easy for us to get wrapped up even in church and miss the people sometime. When we were in Claremont, a guy came to me and said, I've got a friend that's got a mail-order bride from China. Now, I don't know how that worked, and I don't know how that's the term he used, but they really met online somehow, and, and she spoke no English, or, and he spoke no uh, Chinese, so I don't know how they really communicated well, but they did, and he got her to come to the United States. But his pastor wouldn't marry him, and so I said, well, I'll marry him. So we sat down and, and did counseling with him, and I did, and she had one of those handheld interpreters where you type the English word in and the Chinese word comes out or vice versa. So we taught her to say, I do, and, and he'd squeeze her hand and she'd go, I do. That's how we got her married. Yeah. But the day of the wedding, she showed up and she said, she handed me that. And you know what it said? Jesus Christ, baptism, participation. She wanted to know Jesus. I thought, well, how do I even deal with this? I didn't, I couldn't speak the language. So I was in Buffalo that week and I went to a church where Terrell Bearden was and I was telling him about it and, and trying to find some way to communicate. And he said, just a minute, this is, I'm sorry, Sheridan, I didn't, if I said Buffalo, in Sheridan, Wyoming, just Sheridan, Wyoming. And he said, just a minute, he goes in the back room and guess what he came out with? A Jesus video in the Chinese Mandarin language. Well, I was pumped up, you know. We got her that video, and, and it was just a week later. I was in Buffalo, and I don't remember who was pastoring at that point, but I was in talking to uh, the pastor there, and the receptionist overheard me. He said, just a minute. She says, what she speak? I said, she speaks the Chinese Mandarin language. She came out with two Bible studies in the Chinese Mandarin language. Now, that pastor of his missed all that because he was worried about keeping the rules. There's no hope in rules. Verse 10. And we looked all around at them, and he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he did so. And his hand was restored as whole as new. Uh, this guy had a withered hand. I don't think we totally understand that in our society today because we have so many welfare programs and, 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 and surgeries and things that we could do. He had nothing. This poor oh, Jesus, you better not heal me. It's the Sabbath. Right? <laughs> you know, you suppose he was thinking, Jesus, don't break the rules for me. You know, I don't know what he was thinking. It doesn't tell us. But you know what I'd be thinking? Break them rules, Jesus. Huh? Sure you would. Sure you would. That's what he does. That's what he does. Our world needs to see Jesus as a, a, a game changer. And the sad part is... Is, and I don't know where this comes from. I don't know if it's the way, what, what, what we, how we live our lives or if the way the churches convey it, but, but most, most people see Jesus as a rule keeper. They, they really do. And I think sometimes it's because of the way we live or the way we act or treat people. When we first moved to Claremont, uh, you know, that's a small town. A guy, the guy that started... He, we didn't actually start that church. There was about 12 people there, and they'd been meeting in a little building. It, they really, nothing was really going on, I guess. 
but they wanted us to come, and, and we came. But when I first went there, uh, the guy that was there, the pastor was there before I was. There was, um, if you've ever been to Claremont, it's, it's little. Has anybody ever been to Claremont? Yay! <laughs> New heroes. More people here have been to Claremont than live Claremont. Uh, <laughs> we say that. But anyway, there's a little, there was, at that time there was, there was a bar, and I think there was a quick stop, just got started, and then there was a quilt shop, and, and the lady that had the quilt shop had a few groceries and stuff. Well, she wanted to get a liquor license so she could sell liquor. Well, the guy that was there before me opposed it. I can't tell you what. He fought that situation. He went to the liquor board, and he fought it. He, he took his son and said, my son doesn't want to have a liquor store here. I mean, played the game. Let me tell you, the line that drew was big. And when I went there, I heard about it. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to go see these people. And, I, and they were not interested. I walked into that store. I thought their conditioning was on. And uh, it was that kind of deal. And, and so I'd go in every day and buy a pop. I wasn't even drinking. And I'd take it home and put it in the refrigerator every day, every day. And, well, pretty soon we started talking and, and visiting. And, and uh, uh, I kind of got to know him. Pretty soon her husband came to church a few times. And then she came to church. And uh, uh, as, as this started all playing out, and then her mother started coming to church and her sister started coming to church and her brother started coming to church and we baptized her, we baptized her mom, we baptized her brother, we baptized her sister. And that's, that's because people, people are so important. We don't want to miss them. Uh, uh, the, you know, the fun part of this, and it's irrelevant, guess, guess what Julie did after about three or four months of knowing Christ? Got rid of the liquor store without even firing a shot. You know, <laughs> sometimes we come at it the wrong way, thinking people need to keep the rules. See, and the, because we act like, we act like our, our rights are more important than people's salvation, and they're not. See, the world needs to know what we stand for, not what we stand against. They need to know there's a, there's a game changer. The world's crying for that. There really is. We were also in Claremont. We had a snowstorm hit us. And, and over about three days, I think we got 42 inches of snow. Well, Claremont is between Gillette and Sheridan or Buffalo. It's a secondary. So as soon as that sto- snowstorm hit, they started closing the interstate. Well, people think they can run the secondary. Well, all of a sudden, we had 20 people. I don't know, 20, 20 plus people stranded in Claremont, and the mayor called and said, can you guys help us? I said, we'll take care of them, we'll feed them. So we got them in the gym, and, 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 uh, and the first time out, we got everybody in the hot lunch room, and we had food there for them and everything. And I was looking around, and there was a guy sitting off to himself, and you've seen the, the hot lunch benches. They're kind of long and narrow and a bench seat on one side. And, but he was facing away from everybody. And uh, uh, so, I, so I went over, and I slipped right across. And that was the first day. Slipped right across from him, looked at him, and he was kind of down, and I introduced him. I said, hey, Marty, what's your name? And I said, what do you do? And he says, well, I'm a tattoo artist. And he showed me all these tattoos and, and what they meant and everything. And he looked at me, and he said, what do you do? I said, well, I'm the pastor of the little church right here. And you know what his next words were? These were his next words. He said, can God really forgive all my sins? Isn't that amazing? 
We have a world crying for a game changer. In fact, in a small town like Claremont, and, and this just comes with being a small town pastor, they don't like to come to your church. They'll come to your house. When you get up in the morning, you get dressed. And you, not that you run around naked, but you get dressed. <laughs> that, that would go over well in a little town too. But anyway, but in, a, but, in a, but in the evening, you stay dressed until you go to bed. And that's, and that's no guarantees. And so it was about 1 o'clock one morning, a guy knocks on the door. I knew the guy, and he'd been going through a divorce. And, uh, and, he'd, and he was on some medications, some antidepressants. And he'd been out in the Powder River country. And he'd called himself in, thinking he was going to commit suicide. But he showed up at my door, and I went out, and, and the guy stunk. He, he smelled bad. And I looked at his dog, and his dog was one of those border collies, and his hair was all mad. It had been rolling in something dead liquid, you know, like a cow. And, uh, and, and this guy had been loving on that dog, and I thought, well, we'll sit on the steps. And so, yeah, and, and so we stopped, and, and then eventually we, I, I said, you're going to stay here. And I walked him home, and, and, and uh, uh, got him kind of settled in. We had quite a talk there for probably an hour, and then I got him home and set him down, got him going towards his bed, and his dog hopped in bed with him, and I thought, okay. And then I called the police sheriff's department because he called himself in, and said, hey, I've got this guy, he's okay. But I went over the next day because he said something that I had to address. He said, Marty, I need a life change. He accepted Christ that next day. Our world is crying for a game changer. They need, he needs, they need, the world needs to see, see the game changer in our life. I'll tell you how that starts. If you're here today and have never met the game changer, in Romans 3.23 it says, All have sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. That's everybody. We're all sinners. You know, we were up elk hunting. And uh, Nancy and I were elk hunting. And, and we both had cow tags. And I put Nancy on this point. And, and it was just breaking day so you could shoot and light. And then I made a big loop up. And I was about 400 yards from her. I looked down and this elk was coming out across. And I thought, why isn't she shooting that cow? Why didn't she? And then I watched it, and it was leaving and leaving. And I thought, she doesn't see it. So I threw my pack down and got a good rest. It was 400 yards. Touched it off. That cow elk went down, and I started walking over there, and Nancy watched, and I thought, why isn't she coming over? When I got up there, that cow elk had horns about this big. You know, and I never intended to shoot a bull on a cow tag. I called the game warden. He did. It was pretty expensive elk, but... but <laughs> But I never intended to do that. We're all sinners. Sometimes we think things we shouldn't. We say things we do, shouldn't. We do things we're doing. It says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then in Romans 6, 23, it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin. Now, wages are what we earn. We're all just admitted we're all sinners. What we earn for that sin is death. And any time the Bible talks about death, it means separation. And basically, the Bible talks about death three ways. You can die physically, you separate from your body. You can be here on earth walking and talking and alive, as breathing, as but you're spiritually dead, spiritually separated from God. When God had told Adam and Eve not to eat of that fruit of the garden or they would surely die, well, they ate, they didn't die, but they got kicked out of the garden and they never walked and talked with God in the garden again. And then it says, and then the third death is if we die without Jesus Christ, we're eternally separated from God. We know that is hell. 
That's what he's talking about. But there's a word there. It's, con- it's a conjunction. It's a but. But that's the game changer. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know what I know about gifts? They have to be received. At Christmas time, if I've been really good, Nancy will buy me a gift and put it under the Christmas tree. But it absolutely does me no good. But receive that gift. Otherwise, it just sits there with my name on it. No value to me, whatever. I don't get the benefits of it or anything. And the benefit of receiving Jesus Christ is eternal life. But you have to receive him. Friends, and maybe you're here today going, I need a life change. Let me introduce you to the game changer. Please stand. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Do we have somebody who can play? Or I didn't even ask this. Max is going to be here. Mike will be here. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. If this has tugged on your heart at all, if you've got stuff going on in your life, maybe you've given your life to Christ, but you've never trusted him as a game changer. Come right now. strong and mighty tower your name is a shelter like no other your name let the nations sing loud cause nothing has the power to save but your Obviously, in a crowd this size, there's some people here that have never given their life to Christ. Mike is here. Max, they've got they've got a wonderful staff. Please, please. And then this evening, if you come back, I'd like you to teach you about playing poker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cheers, Mike. <laughs> you know what a what a blessing just to think of the 
the power, the glory, the beauty, the sweetness of the game changer. I mean, if you know him, right, you know he's changed you. Uh, it wasn't because you deserved it. It wasn't because you were so awesome and impressive. It was because you needed, you needed to be saved. When we talk about missions, right, um, we need to tell people about him. He's what changes their lives. And, and you know it. There's people out there, and they're doing everything they possibly can do to make their life better. And every avenue they choose fails them. And every resource they go to fails them. And they're looking, and they're looking, and they're looking, and they're looking. And there's only one that's going to change their life, and that's Christ. He's the only one. It doesn't matter what your profession is. It doesn't matter how hard your life is. It doesn't matter how easy your life is. There's only one that's going to change your life and give you hope that take that, for lack of better understanding, that withered hand becomes a withered life. And there's no one to help you besides Christ. But we need, to, we need to take him to this world, and we need to offer him to this world, whether they understand it or whether they don't. And quite honestly, like Marty said, if you're here and you don't know Christ, you only come to him by faith, and you can come to him by faith. And so... We're going to be around. Uh, Marty's going to be around, Max, I, Aaron, Rick, but there's plenty of others that know Christ here today. And if you don't know him, ask somebody. Be like that tattoo artist that says, can he really forgive all my sins? Because he can. Let somebody share that with you. Uh, we don't want to miss him today. Um, thanks for being here. I really encourage you to come tonight. Uh, I want us to hear simple truths about our glorious God. Think about it now. A man with a withered hand, no help. And all Jesus said was stretch it out. He's not limited. He can do it. But we got to know him, right? So let's pray. I'm going to pray for our lunch. We'd love for you to stay. We have a potluck meal for you to eat. Love for you to stay and have some fellowship. Man, if, if there's somebody you don't know, sit down next to them. Get to know them. Uh, just take some time and let's just come closer together as the body of Christ, all right? So let's pray. Father, we love you. We're thankful for the game changer. Thankful, Lord Jesus, that you are outside the boundaries of our physical and mental and emotional limitations. I'm thankful, Lord Jesus, that with you all things are possible. And I'm thankful, Lord, that you give us new life through Jesus Christ. Uh, I pray for everyone here to come to know you as their Lord and Savior, for you to do a work in their lives that can't be explained by human wisdom and that goes against the grain of the world and the way they walk. I pray you do something powerful beyond us, Lord, to save us. And then I pray you'd help us as a body to just take Christ into our city and wherever we go to the ends of the earth. Lord, thank you for each man and woman and boy and girl that's here today. Bless them richly. And thanks for the food you provided. Thanks for the opportunity to spend some time together in fellowship. Bless our fellowship, Lord. Let us have conversations about you. Let us get to know each other. Let us minister to one another. And I pray you'll be pleased with all of it, Lord. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.